0: Hello and welcome to the Rigori Podcast, the show that's as short and smooth as Luciano Spalletti's haircut. We're back from our winter break where we were up at altitude, topping up our misery levels. I'm Giancarlo Rinaldi, the man with puns more painful than a kick in the plums from Mario Rui. And I'm joined as always by my cousin, the lugubrious Lagunaro, Marco. Marco, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Looking forward to tonight's episode.
0: Yeah, yeah, good fun. I mean, we we always record on a Sunday night, so we've just watched Milan versus Atalanta. I don't think it was anybody's idea of a classic, but it did mark a return for a couple of big names for Milan, Mike Mignon and Zlatan Ibrahimović. It was another win for Milan. It was another clean sheet for Milan. Do you think the, the Rossoneri are back?
1: Yeah, I mean, they've definitely picked up their form. They were obviously on a terrible run of form before, and I think actually we had sort of, been the the doom merchants for them and sung Atalanta's praises. So, of course, there was only one outcome to tonight's match um, in that regard. But, uh, yeah, I, I think they're... I think they are performing better than they were. I still think their limitations are their limitations. But Magnon will make a big difference in particular, I think, for them. And he does seem to have tightened up their defence as well with this change of system, purely. So, um I think they said on BT Sport, you know, going into that first leg of the Tottenham game, wouldn't have fancied Milan much over the two legs. And I I would have agreed with that. But now, with that 1-0 lead, you you would have to be reasonably hopeful that they can do something in that second leg as well.
0: They, They certainly look a more solid unit. I mean, it's not been... Spectacular, but then it wasn't all that spectacular last season. Hmm. I mean, and the other thing that they said tonight was, I think, I think it was at kickoff. Anyway, they were only five points worse off than at the same stage last season. It's just been that Napoli are just streaking away. I mean, I was looking there just to see it would be a very exciting Scudetto race if Napoli weren't so brilliant. You'd have teams there, because, you know, you'd have Milan, obviously Inter lost at the weekend. You've got the potential for Roma and Lazio to be in the mix. So, I mean, the battle for second place is is quite an exciting one. But certainly, yeah, he seems to have steadied the ship defensively. He's gone with his three at the back. Which, you know, I wasn't entirely convinced but it does seem to have it does seem to have shored up the back line. It's a it's a young defensive line, a very energetic one. And I mean a cracking although it wasn't attributed to Theo Hernandez, it was a cracking oh, yeah, goal a beating, he scored yeah. mm-hmm. tonight, if if you haven't seen it as a ricochet off the back of Juan Musso. So he was a bit unfortunate. But the coordination to kind of first time crack the shot was was impressive. And then I mean, really, Milan spawned a series of chances yeah. to to make it more. Leao just seems to have lost his touch. Me, he's another man. We've cursed maybe we sung his praises so much, or maybe they've just told them to keep missing a few so that no big Primo club comes in to buy him. I don't I, I don't know what's going on there, but eventually a Junior Messias chipped the chipped the goalie and put in a you know put in a good one to make it two 0 And I think it was it was a fair reflection. I mean, I think Atalanta. In fairness to us, I think they've lost a few players to injury. They didn't look as as sharp and as as zesty as they have in in recent weeks. And and Milan had too much of them. And it was nice to see. You know, a big cheer obviously went up when when Ibra came back on the pitch. How much he can seriously give them at forty one yeah. years old? I, I I don't know. I mean, you know, he he, he did look. He was quite slow. Moving around and everything, you know, he was quite. He did look a bit like a, a bit like a giant robot at the time. But you know, I, I think more, more maybe for morale, for spirit, I think he's a he's an important addition. And as you see, you know, it's a tonic that they that they desperately needed, and obviously. Scudato's done and dusted I think we can see but you know they they certainly look to have steadied the ship and of those chasing teams they're probably in the best form now at Milan
1: yeah I think so definitely
0: and I mean you mentioned Europe so obviously we've been away a weekend there's been a lot of European action through, and incredibly having been doom and gloom for such a long time. I think this is the best Italian performance since 1991 in terms of getting <laughs> teams through to the last the last 16 of, of Europe and you know, I did a wee poll um, myself then through the Rigori pod to test the, the levels of, of confidence amongst supporters of the various teams and it actually seems Milan fans seem the least confident of all the Champions League sides, which is maybe a reflection of who they're up against and, you know, the advantage that they've got. Because, I mean, I think anybody that saw Napoli play Eintracht, Napoli playing anybody just now, I think, confident, and a 2-0 away win, obviously, puts them in the driving seat. um, Inter... I thought were quite underwhelming really against Porto and obviously, you know, this weekend's result, losing to Bologna is a bit of a setback for them but but still, you know, most people seem to think that they would get through but Milan perhaps with the toughest job although, you know, Tottenham not in the greatest form going into it. They did beat Chelsea but then, you know, Chelsea's in even worse form so, you know, I, I don't know that, um, as you see, if you'd asked me a couple of months ago could Milan win that tie I'd have been pretty unsure of it, but now I think, I mean, do you think they can get all three through in the in the Champions League, Marco? I mean,
1: obviously it's definitely possible they're in a good position. Um, I actually think Inter are the potential banana skin, or the biggest potential banana skin, because I thought they were pretty poor against Porto. Um, they got the goal when Porto went down to 10 men, but you know, Porto had had a few chances before that, and as you say, they they are potentially entering a period of not being in great form, possibly losing to Bologna today. Um, Napoli, yeah, you would think it would take some sort of disaster for, for them not to go through. But um, the other two ties are more delicately balanced. But, you know, I, I'm hopeful. And it, it would be great if all three teams could get through. It would be... Um, yeah, whether it would be a sign of something or a one-off season is difficult to say, but it would certainly be morale-boosting for Italian football.
0: I think the thing is that, I mean, because we've maligned Italian teams in the past for not taking these competitions seriously yeah. enough. That's not that's not usually an accusation or you can make at the Champions League. It's just simply that they've not been good enough and, you know, they may well come up short. I don't think, you know, other than... Napoli is just being in such a streak of form that they could go on and win it I don't think we seriously think that either of the other two teams could win it but what's been good to see is in the lesser competitions they do seem to be taking it seriously yeah, because they've got four teams in that, we saw Roma last year win it and what it meant to Roma fans and I don't know if that's rubbed off and now Teams are teams are are thinking, you know. So obviously, all four of them got through. I took the temperature as well of fans in that competition. People seem to think Roma got the toughest draw on on the face of it. Probably right. Real Sociedad, you very well fancied to get past Freiburg. Lazio against EZ Atmar. Incredibly, though, to me, the biggest confidence was 96% of people think that Fiorentina have got a better than 50% chance of getting through against Sivaspor, which, you know, is, is phenomenal to me that anybody confident of Fiorentina doing anything. But but there you go. I, I mean, Are Sivaspor, you confident? Because well, if you
1: are, then that's the curse. Yeah, that potential. would be
0: the curse. No, I'm never confident. I mean, I wasn't confident... After a 4-0 win <laughs> at Braga. So, and I think I was proved right because they went yeah, 2-0 yeah, down yeah, yeah. in that mm-hmm. game. And, you know, I wanted to mention to you as well, I mean, I don't know if you saw the the first time I've ever seen a goal that was given by goal-line technology being ruled out by other technology. That was Artur Cabral scored for Fiorentina. The goal-line, te- the referee's watch buzzed. It's a goal. Then he was called to VAR to check, and Navarre showed that the ball hadn't crossed the line. So, <laughs> All right, incredibly, okay. we had technology. Technology overruled technology yeah. in that game. Luckily for Arthur Cabral, and quite funnily, he scored later on. The goal went in, and as his celebration, he put his hand to his ear as if he was getting a message through from VAR. Made the box signal to see he was going to the telly, and then pointed to the centre circle (laughs) to give the goal. I'm surprised, being the killjoys that they are, I'm surprised surprised if I didn't haven't booked them or you know disciplined them, find them or something for that. So, but all's well that ends well. I was you know if you're not in a four goal lead. They threw away two goals, but eventually came back to win 3-2 and got through. And Siva Spor, by all accounts, are similar to Fiorentina in that they save their best performances for Europe. They're doing terribly in the, in the Turkish league um, about 12th or 13th, which just about matches Fiorentina. So I would never be confident, but it, Fiorentina have been two different teams this season. They've been the dull, sterile, really hard watch um, in Serie A where teams seem to have sussed them out and can defend against them and 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 score at least one goal, and that's usually enough. Then in Europe, they're a completely different team, and they're scoring goals for fun. I mean, it's almost, even though they've only had, I don't know, 10 games in Europe, and now they've had 25 and 24 in Serie A, they've nearly outscored themselves <laughs> in Europe compared to what they've done in Serie A. It really is a touch and go, you know, and if they stay in Europe another couple of rounds, I fully expect them to end their European campaign with more goals um, in Europe than they've had in Serie A. It's as if European sides, I mean, Braga in that first leg certainly could not defend at all. It was, you know, you'd have been embarrassed if it was Cremonese had turned out and defended like that. You'd have seen, you know, this is a disgrace to Serie a. The return leg, they have a bit more life about them. But you've just, they've met a string of teams um, that have really struggled to defend. So never be confident, but I, I do think they're taking it seriously and, and so they should because Serie A is long gone. So you know, Fiorentina's only hopes this season are a, a Coppa Italia semi-final with, with with Cremonese, and then and then the, the also this the run in the in the Conference League. And as I say, great to see that, that Lazio, Roma, and Juve although it's not the competition they would want to be in, all seem to be turning their their attentions to. I mean. I think the accepted wisdom is Juve are the most credible winners of, of one of those competitions. Would you would you agree with that,
1: Marco? Out of the Italian teams you mean. Yeah, yeah. of the Italian yeah, yeah. teams, sorry, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think I think that's true. And actually Juve for, for all we've maligned them have picked up a bit of form recently again. Um so yeah, they I think they've got a real chance. I, I would, you I mean you'd probably look at Man United as, as their main rivals in that competition. Um but other than that, then I don't think there's too much that they should be fearing, really. No, and Di Maria would enjoy a goal, I think, Indeed. against Man and United as well. So better, sure.
0: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, Di Maria, funny, they uh, 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 very maligned in the UK, but he's really been a, a quality addition for you. And the first goal he scored um, in their European game was an absolute was an absolute cracker as well. Yeah, so, definitely. I mean, great to see from our point of view, Italian teams doing well. As you see, if it's to be sustained, that's another issue. But let's say, let's enjoy it whilst we can. Anyway, mention of Juve and, a, and an old Juventino and, and Fiorentina acquaintance has also popped up back in Serie A. Um, Paolo Souza at the helm of Salernitana having got rid of Nicola and then brought him back. They got rid of him again in typical Italian style. And I mean, that, it was an eye-catching result. Um, yeah. At the weekend, because Mons has been in good form, but um, Salernitana kind of blew them away. Really, it was a pretty impressive performance, and Candreva right at the at the heart of it as well. I mean, I, I think I still feel a bit sorry for Nicola because I think I think Salernitana were probably going to be safe anyway. But I'm interested to see what Paulo Souza can do because um, I always felt not a lot of Fiorentina fans didn't like him. But I always thought he actually did an okay job. And, you know, we were up there at the top of the table and then he didn't get, surprise, surprise for Fiorentina, he didn't get the additions he wanted in the January transfer window and he kind of threw the toys out the pram a bit and the team and the team fell apart a bit. But, I mean, I, I think he'll be able to, uh, given the position they're in already, I think he'll be able to save Salernitana. I know, I know that's not a... Comfortable subject for you to discuss, Marco. But do you think Salernitana will stay up under Paulo Sousa? And did you see? Did you see their performance? I thought they were. They looked pretty good from the highlights of that. Yeah, game.
1: and and yeah, I, I think they will. I mean, I think the the teams at the bottom of Serie A are, are are so poor that, um, uh, as you say, I think Salernitana were probably safe anyway. I, I suspect his appointment is, you know, since the new president took over at Salernitana. Mm-hmm. Um, He's been trying to build a team that's going to stay up in the in the long term as well. So this will be a move towards that as well. And Kandreva is just—he's a sort of cult player, isn't he? He's a, he's a player you would love if you're in the in one of these smaller clubs to to have pulling the strings for you. Um, I know I would love him at Venezia. So yeah. It, you know, I've had my issues with Salernitana in the past, as regular listeners of the pod will know, but fair play to them. I think they were you know, more than deserved winners today and I think they will stay up this season as well. And it was a bit of a setback
0: for Monza as well because they'd been in cracking For What I admired was, say, substitute Giulio Donati, who got two yellow cards and got sent off, doing like sort of the, the cricket, equivalent, you know, when cricket when they walk, when they're given yeah. out already. He did that, he committed a second yellow, like a handballed a three ball he just sort of carried on walking off the pitch, made the decision for the referee. I think there should be more of that. I would admire I admire that honesty to yeah. just Carry on up the touchline, straight down the tunnel, and out the, out the game. I think he knew the game was gone by then, anyway. To be fair, and he knew he knew he'd messed up. But um, admirable that um, I think more players more players should do that. I would, I would like like to see that. But it's a bit of a setback for Monza. But I think they are comfortably safe. The only team that's showing signs of life really in the relegation battle are Verona. Yeah, and that that could be bad news for Fiorentina who play them. On Monday. So if you're not listening to this straight away, you may know that I'm be even more miserable. Possibly <laughs> that's why I'm happy this evening because Fiorentina haven't played this weekend, but a big, big game um, in the relegation battle. Really, because if Fiorentina happen to lose that, they could get dragged back into it. But I mean, it looks to all intents and purposes that Cremonese and Samp are, are done and dusted down the down the bottom end. So that gives comfort to to these teams. Uh, having looked at Serie A, let's have a quick look at Serie B as well, Marco. I mean, uh, do you want to speak of Venezia? I mean, I know there was a. It was a pretty. I watched the highlights of that one. looked like looked like a bit of a game of two halves, where Venezia maybe had yeah. more chances in the first half and Cagliari more chances in the second. And uh, was it a controversial red card, Marco? It looked well, a wee uh, bit controversial. So I to ask me.
1: about this, actually, so get listeners' views and, and your views, but. I don't think... It, there was probably a foul, uh, last man foul outside the box, but the ref was definitely looking to see if it was a penalty because the guy fell into the penalty box. So what happens is the foul goes... The the, the, the guy, the players come together, man falls into the box, but the play continues on and eventually we kick the ball out for a throw-in because their man's rolling about, um, dying, of course. And then uh, the ref waits to see if it's a penalty. It's not a penalty, but then he gets called over to the screen and um, looks at VAR and decides that it was a foul outside the box. So he sends off Christoph. So far, okay. But then he gives them a free kick. Now, is that right? Because play had already continued on to something entirely different and VAR can't give free kicks. So I, I thought, should it not just have continued... Okay, he said he spotted the red card defence, but it should then continue from throwing. But I could be wrong about that. I
0: don't know. I don't know. I've never seen that. I mean, I, I honestly thought it didn't seem that clear and obvious an error. That no, was my, that was it my would, feeling it. It wasn't clear and obvious, it, definitely what, was not. Was that no. the two got tangled, mm-hmm. you know, and fair enough, you know, you missed it, you missed it, and then the play went on. You know, I didn't see that it was something. But I didn't realise then the callback, obviously, was for the penalty check, mm-hmm. which then, as I think we've discussed this before, I think they just pour over everything to see, yeah. you know, is there anything we can find in this? And, of course, Often you do, if you watch them close enough, then, you, you know, you will you will find something. So that's a but I that's an interesting one. I don't know if, if that should be called back to that, you know, as I say, because you're going back sometimes so far in a game that, you know, I don't know, it's like rewinding the clock 20 minutes to mm-hmm. say, well, we'll go back to that free kick. But I mean, in the end then, maybe a good point to hold on to against a side that's in decent form.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, take the point... In- I suppose that it would have been good to get three points from Venezia's point of view because we've got Frosinone and Bari mm-hmm. coming up I think um, in the next two games so that's going to be a very tough set of games coming up um, and while it looked like in the past couple of weeks that we might actually be able to leave that relegation uh, fight behind us if we had managed to get three points we're now still on the edges of it and if we lose these next two games against the tough opposition at the top of the table, then potentially we're right back in the middle of it again. So, um you know, a it, point's better than a loss, but it would have been nice to have, have grabbed the it, win it, there. It,
0: it, it's totally unlike Serie a, where the bar just keeps moving higher and higher mm. for the relegation. I see that every week. You know, there's a lot of teams in that battle where Serie a, you think, well, one, two, maybe three teams are cut adrift. In Serie B. Nobody's cut adrift, you know, and it's mm-hmm. a new a new name almost every week that gets dragged into that mire. And you're right. If you don't get points on the board quickly, even though you've had a decent run of form, you can quickly end up uh, end up back in it. And you, you mentioned there, Frozynoni, high flying Frozynoni to to take on. I think probably. That was the pick of the weekend's games in Serie B, although not strictly speaking the weekend because it was on Friday night for any pedantic listeners who want to uh, tweet in about that, which there's always somebody, isn't there? That's what Twitter was made for that very kind of thing to be pointed out. But on Friday night, we had a, a big, big match for Zinone against Parma. and I mean, Marco, tell us, how things unfolded. <laughs> it well, was, it was, it was Par- Parma game.
1: got off to a lightning start, and uh, they went uh, uh, two 0 up. And to be honest, it looked like they were they were probably going to win the game quite comfortably. Then um, Frozynoni managed to pull one back, but Parma then before half time grabbed another one, so three one up. Uh, and you are thinking Parma are pretty safe, but just at the start of the second half, Noni... Um, got a second goal and Parma got a man sent off and suddenly it seemed that the all bets were off and Frosinone got the equaliser towards the end of the game but despite that uh, Parma <laughs> managed to managed to grab a winner and another red card before the end of the game so yeah. it was definitely I would say the, the game of the, oh, the abso-
0: absolutely and I mean we got a nice chorus of Franco Vasquez you are a Piece of and <laughs> in, and in, in from the Frosinone, from the Frosinone fans because he scored. You know, the, certainly the, the winning goal was yeah. an absolute cracker. I thought, I thought the two red cards. I mean, I think the first one. I don't think you could have much argument no. with Estevez went in, and it was one of these ones that looked bad in real time, looked worse uh, on VAR. When you go back, I mean, the, anything that bends a man's leg. I think yeah. it should be should be a red card. I think I, I, if if the bone no longer looks straight, then I think that I think that's fair enough. I felt a bit sorry, although it didn't really have any sway on the game because it was late in the game. The second red card that I thought was a bit less. It, it seemed like one of these ones where a man was behind him, swung a leg up. I mean, it it did look bad because he. Nearly yeah. hit the guy in the chops, but um, I, I felt a bit sorry, a bit sorry for them. But I mean, a big good advert for for Serie B, and in the process, kind of, you know, we've we've mentioned in the past that Frosinone could do an Napoli and run away with the league. But it seems like, you know, they're a bit more like they get drawn every time they think they're out. We draw them back in. They keep getting, they keep getting pulled back. And Genoa under our man Gilardino you know, we are signed up members of the Alberto Gilardino fan club I think he's one of the most underappreciated strikers of the last 20 years um, you know to see him doing a good job at Genoa I mean as should be Genoa should be you know striving yeah, out as Serie B so, you, yeah. know, you know they, they've got a team that that is built and equipped to, to return to Serie A, really, um, you know, they should be doing it. But that was a setback for Frosinone. But as I say, they just keep um, getting drawn back into it. But there are a lot of good teams. And that again, that's, you know, at the top and bottom end of the Serie B table, there's always results, um, exciting, exciting times, always always interesting result, and always surprise results as well, I think, because you know just about anybody can beat anybody yeah, else. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they've also almost all got something to fight for as well you know the way the the playoffs stretch up and down at the at the top and bottom of the table means that it's it's always gonna be it's always gonna be exciting times. Anyway, that's probably us for this week. I would say we've covered a lot of ground once again. It's good to be back. It was good to speak to you again, Marco, and how you're back to full full fight and fitness. Mm-hmm. I mean a shame perhaps not to get a Venezia defeat just to get you fully fully <laughs> enraged. Well, as know, I say, but- the
1: next couple of weeks. Well, there's a midweek game, so yeah. Next weekend, it could be two losses in a row by the time we. Yep,
0: speak, so. yep, yep. And well, I, I tell you what: if Fiorentina lose to Verona, I can guarantee you I'll be still be grumpy by the weekend, <laughs> even if it happens on even if it happens on Monday night. But listen, thanks everyone. Thanks Marco for joining me. Thanks everyone for listening. Keep sharing, keep liking, keep uh, pasting us on Twitter because that's that's how we love to to spend our day. And uh, tune in again next week.
1: See you then.